Hello and welcome to Where the Rubber Meets the Road podcast with Safe Ride for Kids. You know, driving is the most dangerous activity that we do every day. But, you know, we recognize that your family has places to be and things to do. At Safe Ride for Kids, we help you and your family arrive safely by equipping you with innovative products and unbiased information from our team of certified safety experts. I'm Greg DeRocher. And today I'm the co-founder and CEO at Safe Ride for Kids, but my first career was as a firefighter paramedic, where unfortunately I got to see the devastating results from car crashes. And that's also where I got started in the injury prevention education. Uh, back in 2000, I got, a, I, was, I got certified as a certified child passenger safety technician because, you know, a child's safety is largely dependent on the, the choices made by the parents and the caregivers when transporting them in the car. Um, I've been an instructor of the car seat curriculum, certifying technicians since 2001. I am Amy DeRocher, co-founder and creative director at Safe Ride for Kids. I became a certified car seat te- technician back in 2004. I write most of the content for our website, and we are parents to three children. See, the last four podcasts, we talked about selecting, selecting the right car seat, direction, are you going rear-facing or forward-facing, location, where to put the car seat in the car, and installation, how to properly install the car seat in the car. Today, we're going to be talking about harnessing. Which is the fifth and final factor that you need to be thinking about when, uh, when properly transporting a child in the car and harnessing is probably one of the simplest um, uh, steps in the process and it's the pro- it's the the process of actually finally <laughs> putting the child correctly in the car seat it's also the step one of the steps that gets most often misused 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 and is the step that can have some of the most devastating results or crash outcomes for your child if it's not done correctly. In general, let's talk about what we're trying to achieve when we're installing the, ch- the child when into the car seat using the harness. The, if we look big picture, why do we use restraints in the car for any occupant, not just kids in car seats, but as adults, why do we wear our seatbelts? And why is the seatbelt configured the way it is? So the number one job of all restraint systems is to keep the occupants inside the passenger compartment. Um, When an occupant is ejected or thrown out of the vehicle during a crash, uh, their odds of fatality are like four times higher uh, if they get thrown out of the car onto the road or whatever, um, they're four times more likely to be killed. Well, even if you are still in the passenger compartment, compartment, but you're unrestrained, you're... You're a ping pong ball. You're a ping pong ball around the compartment, hitting everything and everyone else in the car. So... Um, another reason to stay restrained in your seat. And make sure that everybody in the vehicle is seat belted. Um, the last thing you want uh, is for 
a unrestrained passenger to fatally to injure or fatally injure one of the other occupants. I used to drive uh, Uber for a while, and uh, I, I w- it was shocking to me how many people would just hop into the back seat and not put on a seatbelt. Uh, it, it didn't make any sense to me, but coming from the occupant protection, occupant safety world, um, I guess I was a little bit more aware of it. But <laughs> um, if you ride in a ride share or a taxi, you are still susceptible of being involved in a car crash and should be buckled up. Okay, we'll get back to what back we're to talking about. <laughs> back to harnessing. <laughs> um, so the number one objective is to keep people in the car. The number two objective is for the seatbelt or the restraint system, whether it's a harness uh, for a child or the seatbelt for the adult occupant, the goal is for it to contact you know, strong bony structures in the body. The third objective is to spread the crash forces out over a wider surface area of the body, which also reduces the potential for the, uh, injury, uh, especially tissue injury or bone injury at a specific point. So think about if um, you had to restrain something or lift something, you know, would you want it with a quarter inch steel cable or a two inch wide nylon webbing? In other words, the, the same amount of force focused on a smaller area is going to cause more injury than the same amount of force spread out over a wider surface area. That comes into play with, um, you know, obviously the width of the seatbelt is part of that, but it also comes into play with the children in the harness. The goal with a, a child's harness in the car seat is to contact both shoulders have a nice, wide, flat harness that's spreading that crash force out over more of their body and down to both hips, left and right hip, through the five-point restraint system. Um, If you think about that's why race car drivers have a multi-point harness. They don't have just a lap and shoulder seatbelt because at those speeds, the amount of energy that we're trying to manage is extreme. Um, in general, a formula that we use to educate parents is speed times weight. So if you think about a 30-pound child in a 10-mile-an-hour crash is going to require 300 pounds of restraining force. If the speed of the crash is increased to 30 miles an hour, we're now looking at 900 pounds of restraining force. So the numbers get pretty big pretty quickly. So it's important that that harness is properly positioned to spread that crash force out over as much of this child's surface body surface area as we can. And Greg quickly mentioned it, but um, that's also why you don't want any twists in the harness strap um, over your child because that will limit, uh, reduce the amount of area that the crash force is, is coming so, in contact yeah, with. Yeah, it's going to be focusing that, that restraining force on a smaller part of their body. So there's a, um, let's look at 
uh, rear-facing versus forward-facing. In a rear-facing child restraint, the positioning of the harness where it goes through the child's car seat, through the back of the car seat at the child's shoulder. If you look at the car seat, there's like slots behind the child. So those slots. And those slots for rear-facing, we want them to be at or below the child's shoulder. And the reason for that is when the child is rear-facing, most car crashes are a forward-facing, a forward impact, meaning the vehicle is moving in a forward direction and hits something. In that type of a crash, a rear-facing child, a rear-facing car seat, is going to tend to lay down into more of a reclined or horizontal position. And we want that harness positioned to cradle the child's shoulder and prevent them from sliding up towards the head of the child restraint. So the rule, again, for rear facing is at or below for the uh, shoulder harness where it goes through the car seat in relation to the child's shoulder. That changes when that child goes forward facing. We want to make sure that the harness is positioned to be at or above their shoulder. If you think about how you and I, when we're sitting in the vehicle, the vehicle seatbelt in relation to our shoulder comes off of our shoulder and then up to the vehicles, to the anchor point in the vehicle. And that's because, again, the most common crash is a forward impact. So we're going to more lean into that harness strap. And we want the same for the child. We want them to lean into the harness strap without the harness strap compressing their body in a downward direction, crushing their spine, <laughs> pushing right. their shoulders down. So just to reiterate, rear facing you want the harness to be at or below the shoulder and forward facing you want the harness strap to be at or above the shoulder one of the common mistakes that we see in uh, inspections is it's not super common and it's probably less common than it used to be is uh, a parent or caregiver might take the car seat apart to inspect or, you know, to clean it or move the harness strap up to another slot. Yeah. Move the harness strap up or for some reason they, they disassemble the, the harnesses and then they don't get them rerouted correctly through the car seat. Um, I remember one time we had a, I had a family just stop by the fire station and the harness, it had gotten taken apart, taken apart uh, and washed. And when they came, the harness actually wasn't going through the shell of the seat. It was only going under the fabric of the car seat. So it was, uh, it could have been an extremely um, negative outcome had they gotten a crash. So we were really grateful that they came by the station that day. Um, By the way, don't just go to the fire station. Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. 
um, there's a common urban myth out there <laughs> that just go to your local fire station and they're going to know how to help you get your car seat installed correctly. They're really nice and they'll help you. <laughs> yes, they all want to help. The reality is, is that um, I would say the majority of fire departments do not have a certified technician on duty at every fire station. So the odds of you um, having a certified technician help you with your car seat are very, very small. What's more likely is that um, the department might have a car seat program. Again, I think most don't. But if they do, it'll be by scheduled appointment. That way they can make sure that uh, they can sit with you for the 30 to 45 minutes it's going to take to go through the whole education, inspection, and education process. So do not just stop by the fire station or the police station. Um, go to um, our website. We actually have make it easy for you to find a certified technician, and we'll make sure we cover that before the end here. Um, um, so you want to my train of thought. follow the instructions <laughs> if there are instructions on the car seat manual. Make sure to follow those, how to re-thread the harness straps if you, for whatever reason, take them apart. Um, and and, that, or, you know, take a video of you undoing it so that you can do it in reverse and put it back together correctly. Yeah, we all have, you know, easy access to cameras these days. So just snap some pictures, take a video, just to make sure that you can compare before and after. Um, we've talked about the purpose of the harness. Uh, when you're getting ready to put the child in the car seat, you want to make sure that the back of the harness is pre-adjusted to fit appropriately for your child, whether they're rear-facing or forward-facing. The next step is you put your child into the child restraint and you buckle the harness over the top of them. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that you uh, want to avoid big bulky clothing inside of the harness system. Yeah, we've gone over this in a previous podcast, so you can uh, listen to that or go to our website and search up winter coats and car seats and get a blog that you can read. Um, but basically, no bulky clothes, nothing, no, nothing you know, more. those snowsuits that you can't really walk in. We don't want that <laughs> in your car seat. Uh, what happens is all that extra material compresses during a, a crash, and then the harness straps may not be appropriately tight on your child. And we go into a lot more detail in the other podcast in, in the blog. Um, most, if not all, car seats have what's called a harness, a chest clip or a harness retainer clip. It's the plastic piece that is intended to be mid-chest, about armpit level. And its job, it, it, usually there's half of it on one harness strap and half of it on the other harness strap and then they clip together. The job of that harness clip is to hold the tether strap, or correction, the harness strap is on the child's shoulders. You know, as we all know, children are very flexible, especially newborns. Their shoulders are very flexible. So we want to make sure that that harness strap is properly positioned on the top of their shoulder 
and that harness clip when it's properly adjusted at mid-chest mid-shoulder or mid-chest right about armpit level it's going to prevent the harness from sliding off of the child's shoulder uh, which could allow them to actually become a projectile and slide out of the car seat um, uh, I wanted to just add in a little factoid that that's in US car seats uh, European car seats do not have the uh, harness clip uh, the chest clip so if you see a car seat that does not have the chest clip, then it's not a U.S. seat. And if you're trying to use it in the U.S., you shouldn't because it's not technically legal. Even though it might be safe, it's not technic- it doesn't technically meet uh, federal motor vehicle safety standards unless it actually is labeled that it does. But um, just keep that in mind that all the most, if not all, of the state's laws require that a car seat meet the federal motor vehicle safety standards so seats that are manufactured outside of the u.s that are certified say in europe as amy just said probably are not technically legal in the u.s though they may still be they are still safe Uh, it's a nuance of law Mm -hmm. and vice versa if you take a u.s car seat to another country Uh, The laws of physics don't change, so it's still safe to use, but it may not technically be legal outside of the U.S. But back to harnessing, um, you want to make sure that that retainer clip is going to be ultimately at mid-chest, armpit level. But you probably want to tighten the harness before you position that. So the steps would be, put the child in the car seat, bring the harness over the top of them, buckle the crotch buckle part, tighten the harness onto the child, and then slide that chest clip from closer to their belly button up to the proper position on the shoulders, or on the the mid chest. Why don't you wanna put it together first? Oh, well, what happens (laughs) if you clip that together and you put it up towards their armpit level and then tighten the harness, um, you run the risk of pulling it right up into their throat and they're under their chin. Oh, I don't think they'd like that. They don't. I don't think they would either. Our kids certainly didn't. (laughs) Just kidding. We never did that to them. But um, it is easy to do if you're not paying attention. really closely so positioning that harness clip is uh, you know probably going to be the last thing that you do Um, but you do want to make sure it's an important thing it doesn't look like much it's just this little plastic clip but it actually does have an important job to do so that should be really everything that you need to know about harnessing the child Um, we didn't really talk about how tight oh you're right we didn't So there is something that we call the pinch test, and that is how you want to test if it's tight enough. So you want to pull the harness strap um, enough that you cannot pinch the harness material between two fingers. Um, So if you're kind of trying to grab the material and pinch it between your fingers um, vertically, if you can't quite get it in your fingers, then it's tight enough. If you can grab it and get it in your fingers, then you need to tighten it a little bit more. And you want it to be nice and snug. Um, 
like Amy said, you don't want to be deforming the child's shoulder uh, or, you know, causing a, <laughs> a uh, where it's, it's actually compressing the child's body. But you do want it snug. It's very important that it is snug because um, it needs to be properly tight so that it remains tight and on their body throughout the crash phase. And that the tightness is the same whether the child is rear-facing or forward-facing. The positioning of the chest clip is the same whether it's forward-facing. The only thing that changes is where it's positioned in relation to the child's shoulder, where the shoulder harness goes through the car seat on the back. So that's the only thing that's going to change from harnessing when you uh, go from rear-facing to forward-facing. Mm -hmm. All right, our safety tip of the week this week is when the harness straps need to be cleaned, um, try cleaning them with just wiping down with a moist cloth. Uh, you can use a baby wipe or a washcloth with a little bit of soap. Um, most manufacturers request that you do not submerge or wash in the washing machine as it could ruin the integrity of the strap. So whatever you do, just make sure that you follow the manufacturer's instructions, but most of them will probably say to just give it a gentle gentle wipe. Yep. And then our parenting tip this week is to seek to understand. What do we mean by that? Um, yes, your parenting tip. <laughs> <laughs> but basically ask questions. Um, just like your children always expect you to have a reason why. That's why they're always asking why. Why? 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 Um, they usually have a reason too. So if you... It's good to understand where they're coming from um, and ask them. They actually come up. You, <laughs> sometimes it's fascinating to understand their logic of why they did something or why they made a choice that they made. Um, it's very revealing and sometimes very amusing <laughs> to to understand, like, well, why did you choose to do it that way? Or what what were you thinking when you did that? Um, because they, they think about things and they make decisions trying to do the right thing. And, um, I don't have any examples on hand, but I know for certain that our, it's cracked us up more than once. Um, especially our eight year old, our youngest, he's, uh, he's a thinker. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't talk much. He but. told us before we left this morning that he really recommended we leave at that moment. That, otherwise, we were going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, trust your kids. Ask them lots of questions to understand how they're thinking and how they're processing information. You know, I think Amy and I, as, a, as parents, one of our goals was to actually teach our children the, the process of thinking and making decisions. You know, one of our goals was to have children grow up who were good decision makers and the only way to be a good decision maker is to think through uh, the decision making process and when you can start to get curious with your kids and ask lots of questions you can help them cultivate the the process of thinking the process of making decisions um, as opposed to just blindly um, expecting them to follow rules or do things a certain way without thinking. So there you go. Thanks for joining us this week. 
Hope you found this whole series of the five steps to properly using a car seat. We hope we found that interesting and informative. Uh, we'd love it if you shared it with folks if you did and uh, give us some feedback. Um, we take that feedback uh, and put it into practice. And we always have more information on our website, saferideforkids.com. Until next time, stay safe, travel safely. Bye-bye.